Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm Val Crawford and you can find out more about why I've launched this club at valcrawford.com. I'd love for you to join it and trust me, it's not like a cult or pyramid scheme. It's literally just a club where you can come hang out. It's going to be a fun time. Join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss women who are doing super cool things with their lives. We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self-love and self-care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. With a background in journalism and advertising, Tali Smythe starred on the TV show Big Brother in Australia in 2013. After the show, Tali had grown a huge social media following and became one of the first to create a career and business out of it as a writer, content creator, and even though she hates the word, influencer, which five years on is still going strong. Tali has been open about her anxiety and also her mother's dementia, which has hugely affected her family and Tali's life. We are really lucky to have Tali share her story, rawness, and advice on the Self Love Club podcast. Hey, Tali, how are you? Good. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, now, a lot of people in Australia and overseas might know who you are, but tell us about yourself and like what you do. Yeah, sure. Well, I was on a TV show called Big Brother uh, five years ago now, so 2013. They did air it in New Zealand, yeah. I'll have you know. Um, I so remember it. <laughs> that, it was funny because that aired obviously a couple of months after it aired over here. So everything kind of went quiet for a second and then it all kind of uh. came back again. Um, yeah, no, I was quite controversial. Um, did Made a bit of a boo-boo, which was is remembered by quite a few people. Um, and since then I've been really lucky to turn that kind of, I guess, notoriety um, into kind of like the influencer space. I hate that word more than anything. I hate the word influencer. Mm. Um, but you're, you're more like, I mean, I don't, yeah, you, you you create content, but you do it in like a, not, like it just feels like your life. Well, that's kind of how I've always wanted. I'm glad yeah. you said that. That's kind of how I was, I I've never, always wanted it to I've feel like. I've never found like following you that you're like pushing a product in my no, face. No, and I don't, I'm really, like, I don't like that. Much to my um, manager's chagrin, I'm really selective about what I will and won't talk about on my Instagram. It has to feel organic. I have to use it myself. It has mm. to make sense. Um, I also do things like post in real time. I never like go and do fancy fashion shoots and then like, you know, slowly leak out the content. So it's all beautifully color coordinated. It's just like what you're seeing today on my Instagram is what I was doing an hour ago. Um, so yeah, for the last five years, I've been really lucky enough to sort of turn, um, I guess the following that I gained in Big Brother into, I'm, I guess a business. I kind mm. of always said that I would, um, take the opportunities as they came and thinking that it would sort of last 15 minutes and it's been five years and I'm still... Well done. Yeah, well... Is I it mean, your full-time job? Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm a writer first and foremost. I have a journalism background um, and also worked in advertising, PR and marketing. And I still do write um, both for myself um, on my own blog and also for um, publications like Pedestrian TV and Mamma Mia and stuff like that. Um, but unfortunately, that doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, You know, like I could write um, a really, you know, important piece that I pour my heart and soul into and get paid 150 bucks or I could take a selfie and get paid a thousand. So mm. um, it is kind of still my bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, going on Big Brother, at the time, did you really think about it much or was it something you were just like, this seems like a fun idea, I'm going to do it? You know what? I always loved the show. I was a huge fan of the show. I've never denied that. Yeah. It's probably a bit dorky to admit, but I was a <laughs> massive fan of the show. I'm talking like, I can't even tell you the extent this went. So back when it first started, it was huge here. I was watching the live feeds. I, was I up, remember when it, the first I was sneaking well. down at my bedroom stairs. My parents thought I was asleep and I was up for hours watching Blair Donahue sleep. <laughs> I just watched him sleep. Who was the girl that had like the bunny ears? Oh, Sam Marie. <laughs> Did you not a fan of her? No, I just hear that's the line I hear. I hear, oh, I haven't watched it since that first series. What's the girl's name again? I have to be like, Sam Marie, bum dance. Like, oh. um, they also had a DVD, which I own, and they had a magazine at one point. <laughs> and I had all of it. Um, so, and people sort of, as I got older, I've always been a bit of an exhibitionist. I've always been a bit of a um, look at me, look at me kind of girl. And I think that people just would say things like, oh, you know, you'd be great on a show like Big Brother. Um, Big like, Brother's the cool one though Like if I think about reality shows I think like Big Brother's fun Because like The Bachelor and stuff I don't know Maybe it's just me being like For me personally I'd be like Oh like I don't know I just Well you're I, just kind of Living your life Yeah and that's what well, I, I think's cool about there's it There's no like Time you're not pressure to, I'm not, you're not trying, trying to, to date someone up, no. But I also don't have to Get up and like Learn a recipe off by heart yeah. Or try and you know Copy some famous chef's food yeah. I don't have to build a house In 24 hours Like you're literally just You're hanging out Um yeah, and then I, it sort of was cancelled for a bit and so it wasn't really an option and then it came back and and I I don't like losing. I don't like being bad at things. And so I think to put yourself out like that for a show to audition and put yourself in the line, um, you know, that's that's tough and that's a risk and the risk of me not, not being successful kind of almost maybe not audition. In fact, that I got there that morning and I was so fucking hungover, <laughs> like bought, like keeping spew in, <laughs> in my mouth and, I, and it was taking too long and I was kind of, I was getting fidgety and I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. I'm just going yeah. to do a backdoor exit. But I didn't. And um, Good on you. Here we are. So. Yeah. No, you were great on the show. I, I mean, a lot of us loved watching you on there. And you know what? You're yourself and you're a good person. So who gives well, a crap? Well, that's the thing. Like, obviously I made, you know, a pretty huge yeah. um, mistake in terms of cheating on my partner. Um, but, you know, when I came out, it was really funny. My dad was there. I sort of ran to him and I was hysterical. And I'm like, I'm so, so sorry for letting every. And he was like, you know what? He's like, you were yourself. Yeah. That's all I can ever ask you to be. Like and like, yeah. people make mistakes. It doesn't make you a terrible well, he's human like, being. He's like, like you fell in love. Like yeah. I can't be angry at you. Like you handled. You could have handled it better. Um, <laughs> but he's like, what? What can I be angry Did at you about? Did you forget there were cameras there sometimes? I always say that. So the first night, I was so acutely aware that I remember being in my in our bedroom by myself. So there was no one else around, no other housemates, and being so conscious of the microphone around my neck and the cameras on the roof and then behind the mirrors that I felt that I had to commentate what I was doing out loud. <laughs> Like I was like, I'm just going to go put on my pyjamas and then go have some dinner. Like I was speaking, I was commentating my own version of my, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. And then it was probably the second or third day where I, you just forget. The ones you can see, you're always aware of. That's the mm. thing I always say. So there was a few sort of out, outdoors, you know, on poles and there was a few on the roof in the bedroom and stuff. And the ones you can see, you're kind of aware of. But if they're not facing you, you kind of forget that there are cameras all behind you and all across the, you know, the room. So, yeah, you, you very quickly forget that they're around. Was it a really intense situation at times? Oh, absolutely. It was, you think as a fan, of, I think as a fan of these shows, you, you think you have an understanding of how it's going to be and you get in there and it's just nothing like it. And the thing that people sort of don't, you don't grasp and understand is there are so many aspects that are coming together to make this really alien experience you know like first of all we don't know what the time is 
So we don't know. We're waking up at, you know, we don't know what time we're waking up. We don't know what time we're eating lunch. We're to- Our body clocks are totally thrown. Something I always talk about that is never really mentioned because it's not, I guess it's not that interesting, but it definitely played a role in how everyone was react- acting in there. Everyone's diets have changed dramatically. Mm. Coffee drinkers aren't drinking coffee. Yeah. I had a very high fat, salt, sugar diet. <laughs> I was having sugar withdrawals, caffeine, caffeine withdrawals. Um, there were smokers in there that were going through withdrawals. Yeah. And that changes your mood, you know. Yeah. We had big boys who were used to he- having big protein-heavy meals who weren't eating enough and they were cranky. Yeah. They're, they're, they must do that on purpose. Well, I mean, it definitely makes for good TV. But there's stuff like that. So that all combined, plus then you remember, of course, that you're away from all your creature comforts. So things that usually help you when you're feeling stressed, tired, alone, anxious. Things like music, reading, exercise, friends. You have none of that. How long are you in there for? I was in there for 10 weeks. Oh, that's a really long time. Plus a week in lockdown. And you weren't really, I mean, you were in there outside, but it wasn't outside, outside. No, and you, you feel so, so like, I couldn't you deal can't, with that. You can't even, you go for a run, you're running in circles like a, like a hamster in a wheel. <laughs> and, you know, you go for a swim in the pool and he goes, you know, your body length, and you sort of hit your head before you yeah. can even, you just, you feel trapped. Mm. You literally are a hamster in a hamster so, cage. So how old were you when you did that? I was 25. So what had you done before? Like, after, like what was, um, without sounding like a therapist, but where did you grow up? Like, what was your childhood and so I'm from school Sydney. years? I'm from Sydney originally. Um, moved to Melbourne to be with my boyfriend that I met on the show um, four years ago now. Um, from Sydney originally. Grew up um, in, like, a suburb near Lane Cove called Gladesville. Had a really, really great childhood, great upbringing. Um, we had the best of everything. Our parents worked really hard. They worked full time um, to give us kids the best of everything. And we went to all the best schools and um, had all the, you know, all the right clothes. And then my mom got sick when I was, well, I remember it being 15, but there were signs before that. And that kind of threw our world into a tailspin for obvious reasons. We were all pulled out of our schools. Mum um, obviously wasn't working. Dad could no longer work either. He had to look after mum. So our whole world basically collapsed around us and that obviously I mean that's a life-changing experience and that's something that that you know has irrevocably irrevocably changed um me and who I am and I guess that's sort of one of those big life-changing you know defining moments um they're sort of before that and then there's the life after that they're very different very very different well especially I mean you're saying that 15 was when the big changes happened but obviously before that I mean, that's a it's a really important age, especially. I mean, we can say for females and for males, but no, I think I especially being for females. fifteen and like you know, like you need your parents. It's a scary, interesting time. There's weird shit going on. You're like hormonal, and there's like you're changing, and like what I, the hell? I really, really struggled, especially um, being the only girl in my family. So I've got two younger brothers, and then my dad. So I really there was there were I can't even. I've, lost count of the times that I really needed my mom mm. and she just wasn't around. Um, yeah, I mean, puberty is one thing and yeah. that is a whole monster to deal yeah. with, you know what I mean? Like everything, I didn't, oh, I was such a mess. I didn't know anything. Um, and then there's other stuff, like I remember having to go formal dress shopping for my year 10 formal dress by myself. And that, I mean, it sounds silly when I say it now. No, it's not. But it was it was devastating. Because most girls would get to do that with their mums. Yeah. And your mum was there. She just was really sick. Yeah. And I that was really that was really devastating. I remember that really um, hitting a nerve. And then there's other stuff, you know, like, you know, boyfriends and dating and um, even just having that sort of maternal love. My dad is is absolutely amazing. He is a, he's a saint and a godsend and, and he picked up the slack like nobody else I don't think could have, but 
he's still my dad, you know what I mean? And I really, there were so many times that I really missed having that sort of female maternal love that, you know, you get from your mum. Yeah, I think it's really cool, though, for people who may not follow you. I've really liked how you still share that side. And I think it just, it, it, it like, it's obviously such a personal thing and you don't have to, sh- that's the thing with social media, you don't have to share stuff if you don't want to. But I always thought good on you and I had a lot of respect for you when you did share that sort of side of yourself. It took a long time to get to that point. Like, my best friends, I'm going to say, even as late as year 11 in high school, I wasn't having anyone over. I stopped inviting friends over. I wasn't talking about it. I was I was embarrassed. You know, I was, I was, I didn't know how to, well, there were kind of two sides to it. One of them was if I just went to school, pretend it wasn't happening, then that was a bit of a relief. You know, there were like six hours of the day where I could just be a normal 15-year-old who didn't have anything heavy going on back home and just mm. forget about it for a second and just live my life. The other part was, yeah, there was definitely a level of, of me feeling embarrassed and ashamed of what was going on. You know, dementia is is such a horrific disease, um, the way it sort of slowly attacks um, a person's brain. It wasn't pretty. And How old was your mum when it started? Um, I always forget. So dad is 72, mum's five years younger, so she's, what, 67? Um, and it's been about, oh, and I was 15, now I'm 31. Yeah. Early, late, early 50s? Yeah. It was a really rare case, so rare that um, her doctors, you know, asked if they could do sort of like a study, a case study on her because it was she was pretty young. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, there was, you know, I didn't talk about it for a very long time to mm. anybody. Not even my, I'm talking my bestest friend. Um, I also didn't really like think that anyone would get it. I think that if she had cancer, I would have had, you know, 20 girlfriends that would have understood and been able to talk about their their stories mm. and, and their experiences. But back then. I mean, not even anyone's grandparents had dementia, no, really. It yeah. was still, we were still too young. So it, it kind of wasn't, I realised doing something like Big Brother and it definitely came into my mind when I was deciding whether I should do it or not, that my life was going to become an open book. Um, and I thought, you know what, this could be a great platform to spread awareness for this disease. And I decided to take that into consideration. I, you know, I was really open with the producers. They knew everything. Um, I think even in my bio video, like my introduction video that they play at the very beginning at the very first episode when they introduce everybody, there was like a scene of me crying talking about my mum. So it was always very much um, on the table. Um, And I just really wanted to, you know, I thought if there's anything good can come from this experience, if I come out of this show with any platform or any following, um, then I want to use it to spread awareness for this disease because it just isn't, it isn't, there isn't enough known about it and it just, it isn't popular and and yes, I mean, it is tough. And every time I write something, I sit on it for so long and I, I almost delete it a million times. I almost, even when, you know, it's getting such beautiful responses and people are reaching out, sending me DMs and emails, I still go, oh, it's just so raw. That's yeah. just so vulnerable. It's, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you, by sharing those things, it is really putting yourself out there. I mean, you, you put, you put yourself out there every day or, you know, however often, but, but that means nothing. That stuff means nothing. But that's what I mean. Like when I saw, cause I'd been following you, but when I saw you posted that, I was like, wow, good on her. Cause that would have taken you a lot. Cause like, not only you're putting like your heart, your soul, you're just like, Bearing yourself to everyone. It's like you're, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know if you're talking about the same post, but there was one I, I think it was about this time last year and I kind of had enough 
with the whole Instagram world. Mm. I was feeling really disillusioned with it. I was feeling like, you know, I'm, what am I doing with my life? Um, you know, I have these people, like these followers and I'm not, I'm talking, I'm trying to sell them a lip gloss rather than, you know, anything important of, of value to me. And my mom was going through a particular, particularly bad time as well. And even just to put up a photo, because my feed is always smiling and me in a bikini and, and to put up a photo of me crying, That's ugly the photo crying. I think I saw, Kim yeah. Kardashian ugly crying. No, it was beautiful. Um, I'm really, really uh, conscious of sharing too much of my mum. Yeah. Um, mainly because, you know, we have this beautiful version of her in our heads and that's kind of the, the version that I share. Also because at the end of the day, She's not just my mum. She's my my brother's mum and my you know my dad's wife. And, and it's her privacy as totally. well. Like, I mean, she's and not. She, she, she does was a- such a glamour push. She would freaking kill me if I put a photo she's of her. She's beautiful though. Yeah, yeah, she was. She's she's you know not really the version of herself now that that she was. But um, so yeah, it's it's. I struggle with that even though because I know that if I shared a full on a, you know front facing photo of her, that in itself would be pretty powerful. It'd be pretty impactful. It's not pretty. Mm. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't really even look alive. So sometimes I think that if I just had the balls to share that, maybe that would start, you know, more of a conversation about Don't dementia. Don't be hard on yourself, though. You no, I know, I and just, you maybe will share that one day, but it doesn't have to be right now. I think what you're doing right now, good on you. I think. There's more room for realness on Instagram. So well done because that's what it needs, you know? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... It needs less. Like, there's nothing wrong with posting a selfie and I think good on people who do. Like, I mean, we all do. But, like, it's awesome to see something so real and, like, that actually has meaning, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, even from that post, the the response was overwhelming. Um, And I actually asked everyone, you know, I said, if you've ever been influenced to buy something from me, if you've ever went out and bought a product because I said it was great or you've eaten at a cafe because I said it had amazing food, can you please do me a favour and go and donate a dollar to Dementia Australia? And the response was crazy. I can't even remember the amount of comments and people that said they had done that. And I was like, you know, wow, even if I, you know, even if that, that post, however traumatic it was for me to post, however scary it was, if that post raised a thousand bucks, then I've done something better with my following today than I did yesterday. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I will continue, you know, I'm happy to put myself on the line and and to to share my trials and tribulations if it means using my following for good instead of evil. Yeah. No, well done. I think, you I mean, five years on since the show, you're doing this full time. And do you love doing it? Um, I'm really lucky to be able to do what I'm doing still five years on. Like I, you know, I get sent all around the world and I get sent to some amazing events, um, some amazing parties. I've met so many incredible people at all these different fun things. I think for me, you know, it was fun for a year. It was really fun for two years. Three years I was kind of like, okay, what's next? And I think that's just my personality. I'm an A-type personality. I'm always thinking my brain is a constant hurricane. <laughs> Um, I call myself a storm in a teacup because if you imagine physically, like I'm just constantly, my brain is a whirl. And I think that so many people would probably be so chill and love just, you know, taking a selfie for the, you know, and that's their job for the day. But I I just want more. I want more for myself. Um, You know, I have a brain. I want to feel like I'm being challenged and inspired. I want to work, you know, I miss working part of a team. Um, I just don't feel like I'm busy enough. I don't feel like I'm contributing to the world in any sort of special way. I think also I was one of the first kind of like social media influencers mm. and now, you know, it's there are so many of us. Um, I think I'm struggling to have my voice 
I feel like my voice isn't being heard as much anymore. I'm being drowned out by the masses. And, you know, I'm losing followers every day and that's okay. I really, I don't care. I really don't. I probably should yeah. care more. My manager want me to care more. But um, I'm never going to change who I am or, or what I post about or what's important to me or what I decide to talk about just to get followers. Instagram's an interesting one though. I think even people who aren't influencers, I have friends and um, like we were talking about the other night, one of my my best friends in flat and housemates, like he's like, oh no, my photo didn't get that many likes mm. or oh no, I've dropped followers. It's actually something that's affecting a lot of people. Oh and I, wor- I worry about it. Like I, I think it's really dangerous if we, and we're all guilty of it. Like, oh, this photo didn't get this many likes. It means it's not successful. And people, I just worry people put their self-worth up against it. It's they a tough do. one, isn't it? You they know? do. We do. And that's just, that's generation. That's just where we are in society. It's crazy. You would think people like myself who, you know, do, you know, have seen the back end and, you know, you know, an influencer, you'd think an influencer would know better than be, than to be influenced or pressured by another influencer. But I'm, I mean, I'm lying in bed at night on my explore page, <laughs> scrolling, looking, I'm feeling like, oh, like, why, uh, why didn't I make it to Europe this summer? And, oh, like, I'm, you know, I'm never going to get married. No one's ever going to want to, like, I feel just as shit about, about it. And I, you know, I've bought stuff that my friends have promoted before. <laughs> like, I'm just as influenced by, by everybody else. And so it's crazy. It's like, it's an actual, it's an epidemic. Mm. And I don't know if it's a positive one. Mm. I do wonder, like, I mean, you can put like boundaries in place for yourself. I tried, like, I only follow people. I mean, feeling good about yourself is your responsibility. If people make you feel shit, then that's maybe something that is, you can't always blame other people. True. But I just try, I only try to follow people that I actually really enjoy following or don't make me feel crap about myself, even though that's kind of my business, my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think there's like maybe there's boundaries with our phones, like, you know, our nighttime, maybe not using it as much. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, that's, I think that's all well, you know, <laughs> said and good. And like, I've, you know, I've sworn black and blue to my kinesiologist that I sleep with my phone outside of my bedroom. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry, Janelle. I've been lying to you this whole time. Um, you just, yeah, you just don't. And, you know, most people, I've my my thing that I try and do that I've been sticking to really, you know, pretty, uh, I've kind of been <laughs> hey, sticking look, to it lately. We're all good. <laughs> um, is rather than sitting on my phone before bed, which we all do, is reading. Yeah. Because then your phone is off, your eyes are off a screen, your phone is down, you know, put it, putting it on moon mode so that you can't hear any little I vibrations. I love the little moon. Do you know, before I even, sorry, just getting distracted, before I even knew what that meant, I used to have that on my phone because I'm like obsessed with the moon. I even have like a moon tattoo. Oh my God. Do we have matching moon tattoos? Oh, cute. We have matching moon tattoos. Oh my tattoos. God, so cute. No, like I just remember, this is like when I first had an iPhone and I was also, like. what basic white girl does I know, not right? have a crescent moon tattoo on their wrist? <laughs> I have a heart too. And love. Oh, you've got a heart. Yeah. Oh, uh, what do you have? Love? I have hearts in the back of my ankles. Oh, that. Oh, that actually, I've seen those before. Those are cute. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. Um, no, no, no. So like before, this is so random, but before I um, yeah, before I knew what it was, I like, was like, I like the little um, moon icon. I'll keep it on my phone. And then people, people would be like, I'm trying to call you. Like, I'm like, I'm, I didn't give any calls. Like, it's do not disturb. So no, I agree. Like, so I, time, I put my phone on moon mode. Do not disturb. I read my book until I'm sleepy. And then if that still doesn't work, I have like a sleeping meditation that I put on before bed. But I really think it's important to, rather than sitting in bed, because people use it to, to get sleepy, but you're just keeping yourself awake the blue mm. the blue light is going to keep you awake so I just think reading even if it, it's it, if the very least it's giving your eyes a rest from mm. a screen great so that is a self-care practice you have got yeah. your, yeah. oh, I have so like I've had to I mean 
No, what? Trust me when I say no one is working on themselves more than I'm working oh, on girl, myself. Oh, girl, nothing wrong with it. At least you're doing it. That's why I'm so broke. Oh no, like uh, so. What are some of your favorite self care practices? For okay, you, maybe well, I have had in the last year a life coach, a acupuncturist, a kinesiologist, who is amazing, by the way, um, a psychologist, obviously. Um, I'm thinking about seeing a heart coach. For like lo- like love kind of stuff, or is it more like to do with physical hearts? No, it's it's kind of similar to vibe to like a kin- well, I haven't seen her yet, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. But a f- girlfriend of mine has highly recommended. I think it's kind of more about your heart and like love and like yeah. loving yourself and loving other people. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very into into working on myself at the moment. I you know I've, I've been single for nearly five years, and I figure got nothing else to do. May as well <laughs> work on myself so that when Mr. Wright comes in, I'm, I'm perfect. No, I'm never going to be perfect. But, yeah, no, I have a lot of self-care um, routines and things that I do. Yeah, and you, um, you exercise a bit as well. Like, like yes, part that of your, like, saved my routine. freaking life. Yeah, I feel you, girl. After Big Brother, that was, uh, you know, as one of those people, as an anxious kid and an anxious teenager and an anxious young adult and then an anxious adult. Yeah, I feel you're preaching to me. People always I? suggested, you know, I mean, even in the Big Brother house, I was having severe anxiety because of, you know, the mistake that I had made. And Big Brother himself was like, have you tried the treadmill? And I was like, I don't I don't like running. I don't like exercising. Like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I really fought it for a long time. It just had never been a thing. I don't think I'd ever push past that barrier where you feel nauseous. Mm. So every time I kind of, you know, every six months when I'd give it a go, I'd just leave feeling like I was going to vomit everywhere and it didn't. I was like, why do people do this? Yeah. It's awful. It's horrible. And then I realised that I was probably hitting it too hard and instead tried Pilates Reformer. And it just changed my life. Mm. I just, I, I felt like smashing my head on the table and being like, you were such an idiot. <laughs> you could have been helping yourself for years and you just, you refused to give it's it a go. It's all such a process though. Eh? Like we can get so mad at ourselves, but in saying that, like sometimes you have to get to that point of not doing it and then finally doing it to be like, okay, lesson learned. I'm going to keep doing yeah. it now. Well, you know what I mean? I remember I, Lena Dunham came out and said something amazing about it. Similar vibe. How I she, love her. How she'd been told her whole life to exercise and she's like, don't want it. No. Yeah. And then she got into it and was like, holy shit, this changes everything. <laughs> Um, I wrote a massive blog about it because I was just like, I remember saying in my blog, I'm like, please, like any little anxious babies that are reading this, please, 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 please just do me one favour and go out there and just enrol in any class. I don't care if it's fucking hip hop dance, like just give it a go because I, I can't tell you that the difference it makes. So yeah, I train six days a week. Um, I train a couple of things. I do F45 six days a week and then I also do Pilates um, and this new thing called 20 pulses, which is... What's that? Oh my God. I wish I could explain it to you. So basically... Oh, is it the ones where you wear those like yes, things? Yes, I've suits, seen a few Like Mission them. Impossible yeah. suits. Um, yeah. What's that like? Insane. It feels like you're being electrocuted. Is it hard? So you know when you do Pilates and they tell you to like, okay, now, you know, isolate your core and turn on your I never do that I don't know where it is I don't know how to do that yeah. I'm kind of just like yeah I'm doing I'll it pretend I think, I'm doing it yeah like, am I doing it so this machine you wear sort of you, it's like a, a, a vest you zip it up and then you've got two bicep like straps two leg straps and strap around your butt and then you hooked up to this machine and you can he can this the instructor controls the intensity so don't freak out you're gonna like get zapped he starts off really slowly and builds up but basically this you do really simple really um small movements like a, you know you just do a squat and hold it but the machine gets turned on and it it activates every single one of your muscles so usually when you do a squat you're working your what your glutes and your quads or something i don't know why i'm saying things like i know what the hell it i don't know what anything's called <laughs> but this machine is working everything so you're holding a squat but your arms like everything is shaking you're like <laughs> and it's they say that 20 minutes equals 4 hours of exercise. Ah. Oh, so how so only 20 minutes? Yeah. It's good. 
You can only do 20, and you can only do two sessions a week max because right. it's like that intense. Look, I don't know. I've done some research. The stats sound too good to be true. <laughs> Apparently, like Victoria's Secret models and like oh Usain Bolt. Does it? Really? So, like, if it's so, good enough for Usain Bolt, it's probably good enough for me. Yeah, you'll be like, I'll be running the Olympics before I know it. Exactly. <laughs> or, or like, like walking me down Victoria's Secret catwalk. That's more my vibe than the Olympics, but yeah. <laughs> that's cool. No, I think that's good. I mean, you do have some really good self care practices. You know what works for yourself. Um, if like maybe someone was trying to work out maybe with exercise or those things, how would, what would your advice be to working out? Like what's going to suit them? Well, I think, as I said before, like don't, I mean, if you've never exercised before, don't start something like F45 because that's terrifying, right? You're going to walk in there and be like, ah, probably will vomit. Why is everyone yelling at me and is pumping music? And or like spin, spin really stresses me out. Yeah. It's not really my jam. It really freaks me out. Turn the lights on. Why are we all yelling and screaming at each other? I feel like I'm going to ride myself off the bike sometimes. I just don't like, it's always a super, super skinny, hot young chick screaming at me from the front. I was like, I don't like you. <laughs> like, you can't be hotter than me and yell at me. Um, don't start somewhere like that. You want to, like, honestly, um, yoga or Pilates Reformer, I really, really love. Mm. It's it's kind of chill. You take it at your own pace. It's kind of meditative in a way. And that really kind of eased me into exercising. Mm. I didn't do anything before I did Reformer. And, um, and then I was doing it like, you know, I was loving it. I wanted to do two sessions in a row. So I just think it's sort of about easing yourself into it. Don't think you can go and, like, run a half marathon. Mm. Um, could you just scare yourself off? How do you find? Because you do do you do work out in the mornings? Yes. Oh my god, I can't get any other time. Yeah, because I used to be more of an afternoon person, but I've started doing mornings, and I don't think I want to switch back. Oh my god, I can't. Even if it gets to like nine, is too late for me. I think once it hits a certain point, mm. doing it, I do it seven thirty every morning, so I'm up at seven, leave the house by seven fifteen. To me, a because I haven't got a you know a, a strict um, work structure, that means that I'm getting up. Because mm. there was a long time there where I would just sleep till 11, 12, and then wake up and I'd feel anxious. I'm like, where's the day gone? Oh God, I've wasted the day. Yeah. What have I done? I'm a slob. I'm a potato. Um, so at least I'm up, you know, pretty early. Yeah. Um, I'm done by 8.15. And then you've got the whole day ahead and of you. And you feel positive and good. You feel positive. You're yeah. full of endorphins. You're starving. I also wasn't eating breakfast, which is obviously really important. So, you know, I eat breakfast now. But anytime, honestly, like later than 9, 9.30, it just starts to feel like a chore to me. Yeah, I agree. It starts to become something on my to-do list. It's like magic hour in the morning, like on even a few I think, hours. I think because just... it feels like it's it's borrowed time. Yeah. Like you feel like you're getting ahead of everybody else mm. and you're getting ahead of your day. Whereas as soon as it's at 9, 30, 10, 12, even in the afternoon, and especially not at night, my body starts to naturally wind <laughs> yeah. down and, you know, want to wine and some batchy time. It doesn't want to get pumped up and just go slug it out of the gym. So yeah. I definitely prefer morning. So do you sort of stick to a, I mean, obviously like going with it, but do you stick with a bit of a, uh, like a regime? You're like, okay, so I know that this week I'm going to do this and you sort of stick to it? Yeah. So I, um, see the thing about F45, the reason they call it a cult is because it feels like a cult. <laughs> um, once you start going, you don't want to miss anything. So they mix it up with weights and cardios. So I'm already kind of getting a mix if I, even if I just do F45. But then some days I'm feeling sore or, you know, if I've had sort of a big night mm. or um, I'm sick, Pilates is obviously a lot less stressful on your body. So um, I definitely sort of, F45 is my, my constant and then I just chuck in a Pilates class here and there. Yeah. And a 20 pulses class now um, when I look feel like it. Look at you go. You would think that I look like Emrata and I just don't, do I? Like, oh, are you actually kind of, you're, oh you're a babe, God. Tully. I'm um, hello. No, I'm not. I saw the photos of her in Sydney in that tiny itsy bitsy bikini and oh. I was like, Cool. I regret ever eating anything in my life. <laughs> You're ever. like, I will not be eating uh, any fruity yeah, protein. No, I'm. That's it for me. <laughs> I'm. I'm done with food for now.
Yeah, and um, with your job, obviously, you you know, you don't have like a, a standard nine to five, but you do work for yourself and you work a lot. How do you structure your days? Did you find that hard at first? It still is hard. I, uh, I think someone, again, you know, with an overactive brain like mine, structure is really important. Routine is really helpful. And not knowing what I'm going to be doing day to day can really do my mm. head in. Um, I prefer to be busier, but it's actually the quiet days that are the hardest. Yeah. Um, you know, you get up and you look in your calendar and you've got nothing on for the day. And yeah, obviously there's always emails to be done. I'll always do a couple hours of emails a day. And I can always just, you know, write my own articles, write my own blogs. But it's that feeling of not, you know, not having anywhere to go, not having anything to sort of put your name to. Mm. It, it gets a little bit... Um, disheartening yeah. maybe and then also obviously most of my friends you know work normal nine to five jobs so it's not like I can just go and I mean I am very lucky I have quite a few here in Melbourne who are either influencers as well or or models or whatever we can go grab a coffee or grab some lunch but it's pretty lonely you know. Do you generally have campaigns that you're sort of ongoing or sometimes working on that you'll work on or does it sort of change? I mean, not really. Even if I do get to say a campaign that requires you know a couple of images from me you kind of shoot it all in one lot and then just post it. When yeah. You're um, unless I sort of, most of the writing I do these days is off my own back. Um, something, it's usually when something it makes me angry, it makes me sad and I'll go off in a tirade and I'll sort of just like slam no, the keyboard good. for a bit. I think that's a good thing because it it's like you're, you're passionate about something and, and you care about it. So that's generally totally, when the good writing comes ev- out. Not every day you feel that way. <laughs> so sometimes I'll be like, oh, I've got a free day. I'm just going to sit at the computer and write something. Yeah. And I'll sit there and I'll stare at it for a bit. And I'll stare at it for a bit and yeah, I'll, I'll put Netflix out. on. I'll order some Uber Eats. <laughs> it's 3 p.m. I've written nothing. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's that day gone. I think um, sometimes writing can be like that too. I've been blogging a bit and I love writing and I had a journalism background as well. It's like some days you can write so much and others mm. you can't. It's actually quite hard and draining. I find it also is yeah. such a um, flow on effect. I feel like when you write something, you're like, oh, that's, I, that, I love that. I feel, you know, you're reminded why you love writing mm. and then you write something else really quickly afterwards and you write something else. But in the same, you know, in the same breath, if you haven't written anything for a bit, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of like, hello, like, yeah, it kind of comes in bursts and then sometimes you're like, okay, there's nothing there. Okay, i got to wait for it. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough one. I've actually really enjoyed a lot of your writing though. I think the Thank one you. about, oh, it was like the the one, the guide about being single and like, it was, it was so relatable. Of, it was a lot of that stuff. No, like, well, that's relatable because heaps of us are single. Like, you're like, honestly, you're speaking to a lot of us. Like, it doesn't mean that we haven't had boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever. Just sometimes it's normal. Like, people are single and I don't find a lot of people are real enough about breakups and love. They try to protect themselves and be like, I mean, we all do it. I protect myself sometimes and I be don't. like, I don't want anyone to think that they're like, I don't want them to know. I, I think for me, I'm pretty open book. But then sometimes I'll be like, I don't want them knowing my business all the time because I'm trying to protect myself. Mm-hmm. But you're not really gaining that much. I mean, I think I should be probably more. I probably should protect myself more. I, you know, it is always all out there on the table. I actually had a friend of mine, he read my blog about um, how you can't convince somebody to fall in love with you, which to be honest is one of my favourites. I love that one as well, yeah. That was, I was had just had my heart broken by a guy that I really, really liked and thought that it was something, you know, solid. And I tried so hard to convince him otherwise. I tried so hard to to change his mind. I tried so hard to make him see what was so great. And I'm like, why? And it took me way too long. But once I, once I realised, I was like, why the fuck? Am I trying to convince someone to be with me? Like, it was a massive sort of like eureka moment. And I was like, fuck, you actually can't make someone love you. No. And it sounds dumb. It sounds obvious. But I didn't realize until I was like, you can love someone so much. You can love someone with every fiber. And, you know, and I've, I've had friends go through breakups recently where they've, you know, and it, it's it's a real adult realization. I, It's a real like shitty 
you know, the bubble gets burst and you go, sometimes love isn't enough. Mm. Sometimes you can't, you can't love someone enough that they're going to love you back. And anyway, this guy friend of mine was reading that blog and he was sort of, he cited it and I was on the other end of the phone waiting to hear his thoughts. And he goes, oh, I can't read this because this is just, this is way too, this is really vulnerable and you're really, and I'm like, I know, like, yeah, that's how I write though. That's just who I am. He's no, you're like, oh, you're being really like, you're putting it on the line. And, I was, and he like literally was like cringing reading it. And I was like, yeah, I know it's a lot, but that's just, you know, that's who I am. I think sometimes friends and family can be like that at times. Like not all of them, but I think a lot of us when we've shared really personal things. I know with like some of my extended family, they're like, "Why did why like you don't?" My brothers don't uh, understand like, um, anything. I why do. would you tell? That's very personal. I'm like, well, I live like I've worked on radio on breakfast shows and stuff since I was like 19. This is what I'm used to. Like, totally. I think what you share is fine. I, I my brothers like, why will anyone? Why would any guy end up dating you when they just know that you're this? You're a mess. But I don't think you are, Tully. I've followed you for quite a few years. No, like, I'm a little, we're all a little bit of a mess. Like, really no, but you're not. Like, no, I honestly, I don't look at anything that you post and be like, oh, God, but I, don't, I don't think that with you. Maybe it's just my opinion. Maybe I just resonate with you better. But, I mean, you're not sharing. I mean, you probably don't share every single part of your life. No, definitely. I don't think anyone does. But I, you know, I mean, even that particular blog post, I talk about how, you know, I tried winning a boy ex-boyfriend back with, you know, filling his bedroom with balloons and how badly that went down. But that's cool. No, like, that's freaking embarrassing. Like, nah, I'm a like, desperado. Like, nah, like, like maybe think, just take a hint. He doesn't want to be with you and let it go. Yeah, like, no, I, yeah. I mean, backstory, maybe I don't really know. But, like, uh, personally. <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> well, hey, I, we, we could go all day. No, I, I think, like, for me personally, without knowing the full story, I think, like, God, I've, like, I think it's I, I love quirky and fun and someone filling up a room with balloons. That's really funny. And you know cute. what? The thing, and I said this in the blog, I, you know, I never want to look back and think, what if I'd fought harder? Like, what if I'd try? At least I know with all those, and there are plenty of them, with all those grand gesture moments um, with, all, you know, all my past relationships and stuff like that, that, at least I know that I did, I tried as hard as I could. I did everything that I could yeah. to make it work and it just didn't work. But That's I have all you can no do regrets. Is your best. Yeah. You know, I didn't walk away going, oh, we you know, I really want to try harder, but, you know, I'm, t- I'm too cool. No, I put it on the line. Still didn't work out, but... Eh. Do you think it's been, like, a bit of a lesson for you to, like, learn to let go a bit far, like a bit sooner or not really? Are you a person that doesn't really give up very easily? Mm-hmm. I have this thing, and, you know, I, I mean, any one of those um, previously mentioned practitioners would love to talk to you about this, but <laughs> I have this thing where I um, apparently don't feel like I deserve to be loved. I don't deserve love. So I keep dating these fuckheads mm. because I think it's what I deserve. I was doing And when they treat well. me badly, I go, yeah, but... Mm, what, I what do I expect? You got to stop um, doing that. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm paying a lot of people to tell like, me I don't, that. I don't mean to be like you, but no, like, I know because I'm, you just. The you, other thing is, I'm intelligent enough to be fully. I'm self aware enough. You're to You're very know smart, what I'm doing. Tully. Yeah, which is even more frustrating because I keep repeating the same mistakes, which is actually insane. Isn't it annoying when like, I'm the same when you are like aware of what you're doing, but and you and know you it, still do it. Oh yeah, God. So it's like you're, you're like, excuse me, is there something wrong? Like, who in are you like, fooling? Like, am I fooling myself? Yeah, like I can see through your own shit. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's crazy because like. You know, I will, I will point out what I'm doing before anyone else has a chance to. And then, you know, my girlfriends would be like, well, then what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a sucker for punishment. I think I think in that blog you're talking about, about the the guy, like the, when you can't convince someone to love you, I think what your dad's, your dad's advice maybe, was it afterwards you shared something or your dad told you something that you don't should... change who you are for somebody else. Yeah. And I do that a lot. I try and, um, you know, it's that whole, I, have this, it's, I love it. It's this great poem. I can't remember who it's by, but basically it's like being, t- you know, he told you to keep your mouth shut. He told you to be quieter. Like I'm, I'm so sick of being told that I'm too intense. I'm too much. 
too loud, too passionate, too emotional. I've been told that shit my whole life. Mm. Um, and I feel like, you know, I've sort of tried to shrink myself for years now for men. And it's like I'm getting to a point and it's taken me a long time and I'm still not quite there yet. I won't pretend that I am. But I'm getting to a point where it's like, no, fuck you. Like there will be someone who loves that I'm opinionated and who loves that I'm smart and who loves that I'm not, I'm not going to take your shit. I'm going to put you in your place and I'm going to give it back just as much as you give it to me. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that I'm sort of starting to realise that um, I am fine exactly the way I am. Yeah. Um, in fact, someone might even appreciate those um, qualities. Definitely. And I think, um, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of us have had to go through that. We've had to learn, like, yeah, because a lot of guys don't like opinionated girls. Like, they don't like, not all guys, because there's some great guys mm-hmm. out there too. I think a lot of the time when you're a woman like yourself in the public eye, um, you put yourself out there, you were on a TV show, you know, you speak your mind, you have opinions. A lot of guys don't like that. And it's 2018, which is absolute BS. That shouldn't be a thing. But a lot of guys from what I've, I'm, I've it's always confused me, but then people are like, you know, maybe they're, intimi- they're intimidated, they're threatened. If I get told that I'm intimidating one more time. But you know what? Like what? How am like, I intimidating? Like, you're not like me. threatening like, someone. You're not like going up to them and be like holding them by their neck or anything. You're not. like. It's it, funny because like I don't even know if they know what they want because they'll be like, oh, you know, I really just want a smart, driven woman. And then you're smart and driven, but a little bit too sassy for them. Yeah. It's like, so wait, you want a smart, driven woman who doesn't have any opinions. They don't know what a sassy woman is then because I'll uh, teach you a little something. No, because sassy in, I mean, again, not all guys, but I think guys think that sassy is actually bitchy. Ah, oh. and so there's a very big difference between yeah, sassy that's very and different. Bitchy. Yeah, like, I'm sass queen. It's like, yeah, like, this is my emoji. Oh my god, same. That's With my like go to. Yeah, 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 the girl same. holding her hand yeah. up for those that yeah. obviously can't see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's the thing though, Tully. I think I, I maybe like I don't know. I've often found as well that. You know, it'll happen maybe a few times in a row. And it's very easy. Like, you know, I've been single for a while as well. Okay, we discussed this before we came on air. You haven't been single for as long as I've well, been no, single. I, and you're also younger than me. Like a couple of years. I'm nearly 30. Ooh. I just like, turned 31. <laughs> you're like, whoa. <laughs> no, but like what I mean is, you know, when things don't work out um, and, it, and it happens a few times in a row, it can very easily make you feel like there is something wrong with you. Being real honest, like, yeah, I've felt that way. I think most of us have, but... There isn't. Like, you've just got to own it and know that you just haven't met the right person yet. it feels like there is. You know what I mean? Like, I tell myself that. I mean, if I did a a, a (laughs) stats here and some graphs. um, No, but like, yes, sometimes. I think there's something wrong with me. Like, no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's very easy to feel that way. terrible people. Well, that's the thing. And that, again, is I'm very aware of that. You've got to lift your standards. I know. But, you know, like, the nice guys just don't do it for me. I had a guy bring me flowers to a first date. Oh, Tully, you've got to, you've got to. Okay, would you not, is that not a little bit weird? Okay, maybe the first date, that's like gets out of the Uber, picked me up in an Uber, which I think is lovely. Not enough guys do that. Offer to pick you up for the day. Yeah, that's nice. I've never had that happen. Gets out, opens the door for me and then gives me flowers. It was just all a bit much. Yeah, that's quite intense, especially if you're used to And then I also had to carry like the crap. fucking flowers around for the rest of the night, I'm which like, is just oh, plain annoying. They're going to die. <laughs> like, oh. that, yeah, I think there's a fine line though, because I'm a bit like you, whereas I used to like attract a lot of bad guys and, and a-holes that treated me like shit. And then the good guys, I'd be like, ah, oh, they're a bit boring, you know? Like, nice I'd be guys like, really do finish I'd last. be like, they don't excite me. They're not, like, cheeky or they don't have that glimmer in their eye. Mm. But there isn't in the middle. And I just decided for if me. If you're out there, um, please give me a call on <laughs> <laughs> Just don't DM because ooh, yuck DMs. If they're I will take a DM. Hey, if it's Vegas a nice, can't be choosers. If it's a nice DM, Vegas yeah. Vegas can't be choosers. Slide yeah. into my DMs whenever you like. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, um, there is an in-between. And once you stop 
letting people like I just decided for myself. It's like, yeah, I may like bad guys, but I hate being treated like shit. I'm sick of it. You just don't, yeah. yeah, I think it's I'm, it's, I'm getting to that point. I'm definitely. I mean, it's exhausting. Oh. You know, like it's exhausting. Just I couldn't constantly. be bothered dating anymore. I, I sort of meet people. Um, yeah, like each their own. And last year I did a lot of dating, and then I had a boyfriend for a bit, and then I've just sort of I just sort of meet people now. That's so nice for you to just meet people, I'm but like, not that often. Like I'm quite I'm I'm quite I keep going back to my exes. No, you can't, Tully. It's that's the worst. So you easy. Have to it's stop. like well, well, I know what you're like. Let's yeah. just try that one again. Like it's, it's you a know, familiar it's, thing. Yeah, totally. I and it's like there's no risk. But when you're doing that, and I know it's hard, and it's like each their own. But you're like if you're holding yourself back. Oh, you're totally. Not, you're not like by doing that holding both of us back by doing that. Like you're not allowing the other cool shit to come in that's meant to come in. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. I know, but it's like safe and warm there. But they're assholes. Not all of my exes are assholes. Well, are they going to become your boyfriend? No. So then let them go. But I think that there's also part of me that like is even though I've been saying you know all I want is a relationship, I think I'm also terrified. Yeah. Because the minute anything gets close, I'm like, wait, I don't want to share my bed. I love my own bed. I wouldn't even know how to how to sleep with someone else in my bed anymore. It's been that long. Like (laughs) I wouldn't even know. I'm a bad sleeper as and it I is. Like, I like getting Uber Eats and watching Netflix and, on my own well, isn't in a it, weird, sad way. I like it. In, on your own? Oh, sometimes it's nice to have a friend or someone. I wouldn't mind like a back tickle every now and again. Yeah. Like, I'm not asking for much. Nah. I'm not asking for a lot. A little massage. I don't want any, you know, fancy gifts or cars yeah. or trips. So I just want to, you know, like a little back tickle. Yeah. And when I'm sick, oh, it's the worst when you're sick. Oh, yeah, it sucks being sick when you're sick. I got a migraine and was literally and crawling around on my hand. Because your family's and, away from you. Yeah, it's like, you so don't I'm, yeah, my family's in Sydney and and I'm just too proud to call any of my friends and I have plenty of them and I'm like, no. Um, but I was like crawling around on my hands and knees vomiting from a migraine and um, texted this guy who I shouldn't have and asked if he could pick me up to him to the hospital and he didn't. So I had to order an Uber. Oh, it sucks. It sucks, though, because there'll be a lot of guys, because you're a very giving, kind person, there'll be guys that if that was the other way around, you would do That's that for the them. thing. Like, my heart is, like, I, I feel like if 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 organs were, like, comparative, like, my heart is so big. Like, I have so much love to give, and all I want to do is give to somebody else. Like, my friends, like, I'm one of those friends who, you know, if someone just in passing, they're not making a big deal of it, they'll just in passing mention that they're feeling unwell, or they've stayed home from work that day, I'll, like, send flowers to their home yeah. or whatever. Um, and I just have so much love to give and I just want to freaking give it to someone. Like I'm kind of weighed down by it. Mm, I understand. I just want to like spread it around. And, and I want kids so badly. It's hard as well, especially when you're watching all your other friends doing it eh? and you feel like, okay, cool, what's going on? Yeah, here? and I just, you know, I could, you know, I, I could handle it. You know, being a year single was great. I needed that. In fact, I probably needed the first two years. I was completely codependent before and I needed to figure out how to be by myself and they were really important years and I had a lot of fun. Um, but then it was like three years. Okay. A bit lonely now. Four years. Oh, wow. I really didn't think I'd be single at 30 and now it's five years. Mm. Just kind of dragging on a little bit, take, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like tell you what to do, but just take the pressure off yourself. You're doing great, girl. There's no pressure on me. I just, it's just more like plain and simple. Yeah. I, I'm just lonely. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm just lonely. Mm. And I always get upset when I say that because it sounds like it sounds really basic and really um, simplified, but that's just what it comes down to, you know. Like I'm just lonely. Oh, I understand. It's hard. It's hard. I think it's nice if we could do life with with someone because it's yeah. like we've got our friends and our family, and I, you know, I do get to do so much amazing stuff, and I get to send all these amazing places. And you know, sometimes you know, I was in Thailand in April at this amazing resort, 
a honeymooners resort, which didn't help. But, mm. you know, I opened up this villa and it was huge and they had, you know, our own pool and our own little beach and I was just kind of like looking around like yeah, I'm by myself. Like there's mm. no one to share it with. There's no one to enjoy it with. There's no one to, you know, I was just like this is just fucking depressing. And I guess because like you are in those situations where you're doing that, it's probably, it is probably rubbing it in your face more than it does for most people because you're getting to travel to these beautiful places for your job. Yeah. And there's like these beautiful suites. And obviously I take friends sometimes, but no, it's just not the same. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like and I've been offered to go to the Maldives like a couple oh of times Oh my God, now. you have I refuse. to. I refuse to go with a girlfriend. I refuse to go to the world's most magical, beautiful honeymoon place with a fucking girlfriend. I refuse. <laughs> if I'm not getting laid on one of those little like hammocks <laughs> over the water, I'm not oh, going to the Maldives. How beautiful does it look? I'm not doing Imagine it. Imagine your photos. I'm, don't give a shit. I'd, I'm, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather I'll, have like none. <laughs> I will save that offer up. Or, well, know. maybe that's a, yeah, like not that we should put pressure and things on ourselves, but I understand. And like, honestly, thank you for being so honest and raw because I don't think enough people do it because I don't have any other switch. That's no, it. but like, I think it's cool because, like, you know, people look at people on Instagram, they could very well look at your feed and be like, oh, she's a beautiful girl that has an awesome life. And I'm just lonely on the couch eating Ben and Cherries. Oh, God, yum. But how good? Ben and Jerry's. Oh yes. What have you been watching on Netflix? Um, I've actually just finished Making a Murderer season two. Yeah, which was just frustrating because again, like no yeah. outcome. I know. Great. It's frustrating. Thanks for right? leading me to nowhere again. Yeah. Have you tried The Bodyguard? No. My good friend's watching The Bodyguard, and he said to watch it. Yeah. I was going to do um Sinner season two next. Oh, we've just started that. It's good. Right. But different to the first, but good. Yeah. Well, you can't different really characters. Copy the, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how it's going to go down. And yeah. And I want to give Sabrina. Oh my god! I was going to say I binged. I was uh, sick one weekend, and I binged the whole thing. Is it any good? Yeah. I mean, I, I always hate recommending in case like people don't like certain things. Mm. It's different from the original, but it has ob- obviously. obviously the storyline. Yeah. But it's dark and it's cool. I loved it. I just think I've worked out, and it doesn't mean that I've nailed anything, not at all. Like, I'm just doing what we're all doing. But, like, think of what you've gone through. I mean, you have had, like, with your, your mum and your family, and look how well you've done. You should be really proud of yourself. You should be. Like, you've done People life. People have gone through much worse. No, I know. And it's like, we're hard because you can't compare yourself to other people that have gone through things that maybe you think are worse. But you've done pretty well considering you haven't really had your mum at all. Like, you've had to, like, you would have, you definitely would have grown up pretty quickly, right? <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, looking back, you know, sometimes I look back and I don't even, I'm surprised that I made it out alive. There are times when I look back and I'm like, whoa, that was actually really dark. And I don't think I really grasped the situation at the time. But looking back, I'm like, shit. It was just like every day. You stick every day as a new day and just keep chugging along. And and that's what I've done, I think, my whole life. Yeah. You have talked a little bit about anxiety as well. Like what are some of your things? I mean, it's a very personal thing, what works for each other. But like how have you, how have you sort of managed to manoeuvre with, Bouts of anxiety. So my anxiety, I've had since I was a very little girl. Um, we used to just call it my like I like I was a worry wart or my worries. Um, and it was from when I when I was five or six years old. I would be I was scared of everything. I, I was convinced the house was going to blow up in a gas explosion. I was terrified of snakes. Still am. And Dad, I'd make Dad check the gardens for snakes every night. Um, you know, I'd go see a movie with my grandparents, and I was convinced the roof was going to collapse in on us, and we were going to get buried alive. Like it was constant. Um, and I kind of grew out of it sort of, um, primary school, high school, high school was pretty good. And then my first actual panic attack was when I was first year uni doing my exams and it was in a supermarket. Um, and I just completely felt overwhelmed by the amount of choices for pasta sauce. 
sometimes, you know, anxiety doesn't discriminate mm. and it doesn't know where you are, it doesn't care where you are, and it can rear its head in the weirdest ways. And I just all of a sudden couldn't pick a pasta sauce. There were too many different flavors and variety, varieties, and I just completely lost it. I got tunnel vision. I felt like I was going to vomit. I was hot and cold sweats. I couldn't see properly. Um, that was my first panic attack. But mm. yeah, I've my anxiety has been pretty bad. Like the last... It was it fled up again after Big Brother for obvious reasons, and then the last kind of like year year and a half, it's been really bad again. Mm. Um, sometimes for obvious reasons, you can sort of pinpoint that. Sometimes I think that you can go, oh well, that triggered it. Yeah, I you know I'm I'm moving house and that's stressful, or I'm going through a breakup and that's gonna. But other times you're like, oh, it's 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 frustrating because you're like, why? Like why today? Like what's mm. what have I? What's happened today? Like I just I've got a lot on today and I haven't got time for this yeah. shit. Um. So exercise obviously has really helped my anxiety. That's probably the number one thing. I got into meditation, which I'm going to say right now definitely requires practice. Don't think you're going to go. I did classes with a guided meditation um, teacher and I did that for twice a week for a month. And that was all I needed to sort of get my head around the mm. around the game. But and it, the guided, like the apps or even YouTube, I find yeah. I can only really do guided ones because I get distracted same, otherwise. Same. So I use Insight Timer mm. um, for mine, and I have a particular one I listen to every single night before bed. It's a sleep time one, obviously. I just voice is just really soothing. Um, so meditation, um, exercise, um, diet, unfortunately, plays a role as well. As I said before, you know, I've I love my food. I love junk food. I love sugar. None of that helps. Drinking does not help. No, hangs Party drugs horrific. are a definite no. They just, yeah. they're the worst. Um, and then stuff just like, I think keeping things, you know, in perspective, I think it's really easy when you're, when you're in the middle of anxiety or anxiety attack to lose perspective. And a quote that sort of I always kind of think about when I'm losing my mind a little bit is that it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. Mm. I think you can start, things start snowballing. You start questioning and, oh, but, you know, what if what if this happens and what if that happens and, oh, I haven't done this. And you sort of get carried away and you start. It's very easy and, and kind of terrifying how easy it is to slip into this mentality of my life is shit and everything's bad. Everything's really, really bad. Mm. And I think that reminding yourself that, like, tomorrow, this time tomorrow you won't be feeling like this. And that has always helped me. And then obviously friends, you know, don't underestimate the power of a distraction. I think often, especially me, I... My initial, my knee-jerk reaction is to go underground. I don't want to reply to texts. I don't want to see anyone. I just want to sit in the couch or lie in bed and not see anyone. Um, but, you know, as, as is often the case, when you actually kind of push yourself a little bit and you don't have to go out to a party or go out clubbing or out to dinner, but just message one friend that you feel comfortable with and go and see a funny movie with them or go do a lap of, you know, the botanical gardens or whatever, that you just will always feel 10 mm. times lighter afterwards. And it doesn't matter if you, like, get upset in, in public and you look – no one's looking – everyone's so self-absorbed. Like, no one – Mate, when you've cried, like, I yeah. have on national television, you've still got nothing left to hide. Like, <laughs> like I don't – Everyone's seen me cry. Yeah, like, I've got nothing left to hide. No, I think it's uh, – crying is important as well, I think. I think so many of us think we have to keep our shit together. And I've had days too where I just literally have not had time for a breakdown. And so mm. I've been I, – I, you know, I, I get this physical feeling of, like, I'm pushing it down my throat. Mm. I feel like I'm just constantly trying to keep it down. I push it further and I push it further. I push it further. And it starts like I have a physical reaction where I feel like I can't breathe. Sometimes just having a little cry and crying it out is all you need. Yeah. You feel so much better afterwards. Oh, yeah. So much better. Even though at the time it can feel like really, really intense and you're like, oh, my God, please not again. Sometimes just just cry until you can't cry anymore. Yeah. And You've it, got to release shit, I think, sometimes. Absolutely. You know? It's better out than in. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's like – you. 
yeah, you can never, it's, it's okay. Like your feelings are real and you, it's not like you're allowed to feel the way you are. It's like how you, I guess, like process it and then like what you do for yourself afterwards maybe. I think, yeah, f- figuring out what makes you happy and that sounds so cliche and broad and like I've just read that off a self-help book somewhere. But, you know, figuring out what makes you happy and then on those days where you are feeling like that, um, doing something that makes you happy, whether it's getting a massage or like I love going to the movies. I just love, always have, love going to the movies. I've take my, taken myself to a movie before just, you know, because that's two and a half hours where you're thinking about something else other than what's going on it's in your great head. Great distraction, yeah. Um, you love reading too. Yes, I'm a big bookworm. Yes, I love reading. Um, reading's great. I have this little cafe um, that I go to if I'm, you know, a couple of weekends back, I was just feeling super anxious. Weekends are weirdly sometimes harder for me than weekdays. I agree. I find like sometimes I'll wake up on a Saturday morning and I'll feel really anxious. Well, because again, not wanting to sound like, you know, sad sack desperado over here, but most of my friends are in long-term relationships. Um, and so the weekend is when they spend their time with their partner. And so little old Tully is often left planless <laughs> with nothing to do because, you know, Susie and Bob have to go to a wedding and Sam and, you know, Tabitha have little... Johnny's second birthday and so weekends can be kind of lonely for me sometimes and, and you know you and I am often left alone with my thoughts which isn't great if you're an anxious person and so I was I was you know I was pacing in my apartment I think I'd done like three loads of washing and I'd vacuum my room and I, I didn't really have anything to do and Your I was room like you know what it's really tidy by the way <laughs> not being a stalker but I'm like her room's always like so tidy because I'm like someone... that's actually the biggest compliment you could give me I have borderline OCD <laughs> oh really because well. I like her room always looks so tidy yeah well yeah I like isn't things... that weird through social media yeah. we can be like your room's so tidy it's also tiny full stop but yes <laughs> thank you I yeah I have undiagnosed a self-diagnosed OCD um Anyway, I was just kind of like, I felt a bit like a rat trapped in a cage. Um, I thought, you know what? Grab your book, go to one of your favourite restaurants, sit in the sun. It was a beautiful day. Mm. Sit in the sun, fucking get a glass of wine. I also fully advocate having a glass of wine like that. I know some people are like, oh, don't rely. I'm not saying go out and write yourself off. No, it's a drink. Have a nice glass of wine. And if you're feeling up to it, like you're not super anxious. Totally. So I took a book, took my book, went to one of my favourite cafes, Gilson um, in South Yarra, sat in the sun and read my book. I think I even ordered and some. How much I think better? I even ordered some oysters. Yeah, girl. I was like, treat yourself. Treat yourself. It's been a week. And I felt, you know, I just felt so much better after it. But isn't it good? Like, how much, yeah, how much better did you feel doing something for yourself instead of sitting at home? Even just thinking, getting out of the house. Thinking that you need to do, that's what I think a lot of us, we we think that to do things like, you know, for, like some people will be like, oh, to go to a movie, I need to do it with someone else. To go to, to go for a walk somewhere, I need to have someone else who wants to do it too. You don't need to, or you need to yourself. And once you like do things on your own, you actually realize that you don't need it. Did it did take me a while to. I remember going to see my first movie alone, and it felt like a massive accomplishment. Yeah, and I think that was because of two reasons. One, I was back then I was still really codependent and wasn't used to doing anything alone. And two, unfortunately, um, you know, with my background on Big Brother. People know who I am. Mm. So I can't just kind of like melt into the crowd. Like I remember I was at Jam Factory waiting for the movie to start and there were these like little group of teenage girls who were like, that's Tully from Big Brother. And I was like, fuck, I'm just standing here alone. Yeah, like I'm oh, just going to the movies This is embarrassing. Like can yeah. I, should I just pretend I'm on a phone call or like what do I do? Um, so it took me a while to, to work up to that. But now I love it. See, I think that, that's a well done. That's a boss moment. Yeah, do those things on your own. Not a lot of people can do and it. Like sometimes the people don't like. Sometimes you want to see really shitty movies yeah. that no one else wants to see. And I'm like, oh, well, no one else wants to see. And if you're feeling really like treating yourself, you go gold class. Oh, yes. You get Put the your recline, feet up. You get the recliner seat. Yes. You all like the popcorn. get a glass of champagne. That's like my literally my dream. Like Sunday night. Yeah. Like, who needs a boyfriend? 
You really don't. And I think, I mean, it's like, yeah, everyone's different, but like, yeah, it'd be nice. But I think you kind of need to get to a point where you're like... I think that's the point that I'm at. I think that I'm at a point where, and it's taken me a while to get here, but I'm mm. happy with my life. I'm yeah. happy with how things are. I have the best friends in the entire world. My family yeah. are amazing. Um, it would just add, you know, they just, yeah, it just adds to your life. Yeah. I think that's they add point, value. Yeah. It's like getting to a point where, I mean, everyone's different and no judge on where anyone's at, but like, um, you know, I think it's important to be in a place where you love your life and you don't need someone else. No, but you want to. Because your you life's want great. To share and, it. Yeah. You want to share. And I think most of us who hopefully get to that point are like that, you know, you're like, yeah, like things are good, but like, it would be cool. Cause like all my other friends are you know, doing that as well. It would be cool to, like, not be at the singles table at a wedding for once. That would <laughs> oh be cool. Oh, my God. I know, right? Mm, bunch of 14-year-olds. I'm like, damn it. How old is everyone here? <laughs> you guys all on Tinder or? <laughs> oh, Should totally. we put our radius down really low just for this one wedding or? <laughs> yeah. Who's in the room? No, that's cool. I think, um, you know, what What are some things else that you want? Like, what else do you want to do? Like, what are your dreams? It's funny. That's changed so much since the show. I um, I always love writing. That's what I was passionate. That's what I'm passionate about. You're very good at it, though. So you Thank should you. keep doing it. I just it. write the way I speak. I don't know if you've yeah. figured that out by now. It's very colloquial. I like engaging, kind of conversational writing. Once you, my friends always say that when they read my my work, they just they just hear my, yeah. my voice in in their head. Um, so I came out of the show wanting to do presenting, just because that's kind of where I was kind of pushed a little bit. Like I was doing some stuff for morning um, TV you know, like the Today Show and stuff like that. And I was really enjoying that. Um, but that was more panel work. And then I kind of did more and more radio and I really loved the radio stuff and I've done a couple of demos and come pretty close to having um, a couple of gigs, which has been really exciting. Um, it just hasn't eventuated. Mm. And then recently I was offered a role on a soapy, which is an interesting Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not an actress and I have a lot of respect for those that are and I realise that it's a craft and, not you know, not everyone can just pop into yeah. a show and just be an actress or an actor. But, yes, I, I really – the things that I love, the things that I walk away from, I think that, you know, when something's right for you, when you walk away from it, feeling like that just felt like that's what I want to be doing. Mm. I feel that way when I write something that I really love and I also feel like that way when I do any kind of radio stuff. Mm. With, be like this kind of stuff, like I'm sure I'll go home on a high after this. Um but yeah, that, they're the kind of things that I really enjoy doing. I really love doing. Well, you live in a good place and you're in a good spot in your life to be able to do those things. I mean, I feel like there's not a whole lot of opportunities here in Australia. I don't know. I love LA. I just came back from LA. I was in LA and New York a couple of weeks ago. And I just feel like when I'm in, and obviously it's, that's even harder over there, but I just feel like there are so many more opportunities over there. There are, there are you know, 70 times the amount of radio stations and there is 27 billion more TV channels. And I just feel like... Everyone you meet is 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 eager to help and collaborate and wants to help. You know, here it's like, mm. you know, you tell a friend you're going for, you know, a job interview and they, and they get all cagey and, mm. I don't know, top Bobby Syndrome is definitely rife here in Australia and I just feel like over in LA um, and New York, you know, everyone is just so eager to just help you out and, and introduce you to someone that might be able to help and, I don't know, I always leave LA feeling really inspired and like I have to get my shit together and, and get over there and get my visa sorted, but, you know. Maybe if it, yeah, I think you, I could totally see there. Just give it a shot. Even if you just went there for like part of the year sometimes and did some work and then came back, you know? Yeah, I mean, the visa situation is like near it's impossible. Really hard, yeah, it? it's super expensive. It's really hard. And especially um, if you were like doing, if you were on your social, they would know you were there. You couldn't really yeah. hide it. You oh, know? no, I've had friends like be, be busted at the gate before. Yeah, they've gone through their phones and seen that they've had um, appointments and stuff kept and sent them back on a plane. Right. It's just everyone's just getting so clued on, you know, and Trump hasn't made it any easier. Can you do working holidays or not even that? I mean, there are ways around it. Um, 
I also probably could just apply for an O1 and give it a shot, but it's just, it's a lot. And then I come back to, you know, my mum is in palliative care yeah. at the moment and yeah. it's like, is it a dumb decision to move overseas when she's so sick? And But then it's like, how long, you know, do I put my life on hold? How much longer do I put my life on hold for that? And mm. it, there's there's a lot of moving parts, I think. Yeah. Um, but as my friend over in LA said, and he said this to me every time I go back, I go, I'm there at least once a year. And last year he said to me, he's like, you know, if you wanted it badly enough, you'd make it happen, which I absolutely agree with. Mm. I think I'm making excuses for myself. And then this year I went back and he goes, you know what? He goes, if you fucking come here one more time and I hear the same fucking sob story, he's like, get your shit together and get over here already. And I'm like, oh, I know, I know. I just, I need to do it. Sometimes it's like when you're ready though, like that's okay. You can't be on ourselves. I just think I'm never going to be this detached again. You know what I mean? Like I've got, I'm renting I don't have a partner, obviously. Yeah. Let's just so, rehash on that again. Yeah. Don't, don't have a dog. You know, my ex has my dog. It's just like, when am I ever going to be this Give like... my dog back. When am I ever going to be this footloose and fancy free just to pack up my It'll life happen. and move? Mm. Happen. No, I think... Um, Maybe I'll come home to New Zealand. So you're from there? Have you my got mom's family? from there. My mum's from Aww, Nelson. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful So have you got family in, in New Zealand? Yeah, I've got um, my aunt and her partner over there. Yeah. yeah. My grandparents have passed away. And then my other um, uncle lives here in Australia. But, yeah, I've got an aunt over there. But mum grew up in, in Nelson. Oh, great. Yeah, beautiful place. Very beautiful place. What is something I always like to ask someone? We'll end this. Um, but what is some advice that you would give your younger self? Is there something you would tell yourself or stop stressing over looking I back? I mean, stop stressing in general would be good because that's <laughs> I all I freaking did. Like, I just – I feel so sad for that little girl that couldn't even sit through a movie because she was so stressed about the roof collapsing. Um – what would you tell younger Tully? I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do with my mum that I have a lot of regrets about in terms of just spending more time with her and getting her to share. You know, I wish that I hadn't been so young. I wish that I'd been older and old enough to to realise what was happening and to realise the gravity of it and to sort of sit her down. I would have loved to have set her down before she kind of got too loopy and, and heard about her life and, you know, boyfriends she had and, and places she travelled that she loved. Because, you know, unlike now, if something happened to me now, um... There's, you know, all my emails, there's heaps of, of sort of digital footprint of me. Mm. But mum, there's nothing of mum. I can't Google my mum's name, even get a photo of my mum. Yeah. There's nothing from really, there's nothing sort of that I've been able to sort of keep as a, a memory of my mum. There's lots of stuff to do with my mum. But apart from that. What about like with stressing over boys and stuff like that? Because that's something I'd always look back on myself and be like, um, who cares about someone? It doesn't matter. Do you know what? I think that. Um, I remember when I went through my first heartbreak, um, I was, it was with a girl, I was devastated and I, I really felt like she was the one that I had fucked it up and that that was my one chance of happiness and I was never going to get it again. And then, you know, four years later I met my other ex-girlfriend and I remember just feeling so relieved. I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, I'm going to get a chance to be happy again. And I think that's probably something I would tell myself is that, you know, you will, I'm going to start crying again. Like you will, you will get your happily ever after. You will. And along the way, you'll have so much fun finding it and you'll have so much fun. You'll fall in love over and over again. You'll have so many great experiences. Um, But just, yeah, just have faith that that you will get what you're looking for. You're going to get it. (laughs) And like, I think it's, no, you will. And it's like, life can just be really beautifully cruel sometimes. It really can. Like, it can, and, like, I think it's really good at the moment what you're doing, all the, like, work you're doing on yourself. Like, um, you're going to be, like, even more boss and more strong. I'll probably turn around now. eventually and be like, you know what? 
I actually don't need anybody. And I'm, I'm gonna, fine. I'm just going to have a baby on my own. And well, you can do that. Like, totally. But it's be funny if I turned around and was like, actually, I'm pretty sweet on my own. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time, no, Tully. Thank you for having me. And your realness. And yeah, thank you for everything that you do. I know you don't feel like it's like... But Important. You, no, but it is. And like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. A special thanks to Nick Baldwin, our audio engineer. Please subscribe for more episodes. We have some super empowering girl bosses coming up. To find out more about the Self Love Club for resources and blog posts, check out my website, bellcrawford.com, and you can follow me at bellcrawford on Instagram and Facebook. Catch you soon, babes. Wow.